0: Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski.
1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Venerable Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. Still venerable. We're still praying Thank you All right And we have Ziggy Rodriguez <laughs> That's me Who is uh, also <laughs> w- One day hoping to be Venerable And uh, we are too As a matter of fact so <laughs> we, we should
0: all hope To be venerable We're all looking you know, for
1: Yeah, It isn't as good as it's yours It's not as good as yours
0: Tom <laughs> and Look you were, Tom Fishing for compliments Yeah on his, Okay hey, Well
1: the beard How about the beard He has a nice beard Thank you He's looking very eastern You know yeah. Very eastern
0: yeah. I got some sand in it From yeah. my you
1: know, last trip To the desert Yeah Okay. That was uh Florida, by the way. That was not the desert. Anyway, so here we Sorry. are. I just snort laughed. On, on That's radio. embarrassing. It is. All right. So here we here we are. We're coming up on the third week of Lent. Well, we're here. We're on the third week of Lent. And so we're kind of like coming up on a halfway point in our Lenten, our Lenten journey, our Lenten experience. And I'm sure there's some folks out there that are like uh, you know, I struggle every once in a while with I like need chocolate. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> I gotta that, have a cookie right but, now.
1: What did you give up, Tom?
0: <laughs> Alcohol.
1: Alcohol. Yeah, man. Good yeah. job. That
0: and patience. I gave up patience, Sam.
1: <laughs> 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 so, so, Sam, if you get that stern look while we're talking today you know that's, that's him me suffering uh <laughs> through not having uh anyway so there you go yeah so it's it's uh but you know that's what i was i was thinking about that people you know struggling in lent but there's also people i think who look around them and realize other people seem to be more spiritually engaged in Lent than they are mm-hmm. right it, it, a lot of people even though this is supposed to be a time in the desert right uh, uh spiritually uh it, it's it's some people have a dry Lent. Mm-hmm. In other words, they feel like they're not really getting the most out of Lent. So, uh, interestingly, we have, um, uh, in the third Sunday of Lent, we have the reading of the cleansing of the temple. Uh, and we could spend a lot of time talking about that, but I think uh, what we'll talk about today is what will help you, uh, we'll just say enhance your Lent, uh, to, 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 to fine-tune it a little bit, to... Uh, to really zero in on the things that uh, need to happen during Lent so that you can have the most joyous uh, season um, of Easter that, that follows right behind it. So I, I, I think if we, uh, interestingly, well, we all know the story of the uh, um, uh, c- cleansing of the temple, and, but I guess I suppose we should, uh, we should read it. Um, just to sort of stay on top of of what's going on, because this is what you're going to hear on Sunday, right? As you're listening to this program, you might have just gotten back from uh, mass. Mass, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm sitting here. <laughs> he was meditating. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I just got lost it's oh like, what am I doing here? What, what is a this? show today. What, what is this show? Uh, anyway, so as we, as we look, uh, this is the Gospel of John, right? So it says, since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of scripture, zeal for your house will consume me. At this, the, at this, the Jews answered and said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple. And in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said this temple has been under construction for 46 years and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead his disciples remembered that he had said this. And they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. So um, this this passage, I mean, it's, a, it's a well-known story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting a couple things going on there. First we can uh, you know people w- want to fixate on how Jesus got angry yeah.
0: mm-hmm.
1: right and then so then the church has this this saying to help us understand anger and talk about a, ra- a righteous anger right you you have every right to be uh to be angered by racism or to be angered by injustice in society you have every right to have a righteous anger about these things so that um, there will be uh, things that will heal these wounds, and, and things will get fixed and be better, right out of that that drive, that zeal you have to make things better. Um, and so then people start going like, "Well, you know," but was I thought Jesus was a pacifist, and what is he doing with a whip? And you know, and I, so that's not really where we want to focus today. Those are interesting points to discuss, but I really want to go. Uh, I, I just I think it's interesting that Jesus. Um starts to help us to see this comparison between the temple and the body mm-hmm. um, and and interest uh, you know I- immediately uh, there's a couple of scriptures that come uh, come to mind in uh, w- one of those is first Corinthians chapter uh, six um, and I know we 've all heard this one do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God and that you are not your own? For you have been purchased at a price, therefore glorify God in your body. And then also, like that, earlier in his letter to the Corinthians, his first letter, uh, Paul also says uh, in the third chapter, verse 16, do you not know that you are are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for the temple of God which you are is holy. Mm. Right? And so you start to see this connection uh, that well Jesus shows us this connection between the body and between the temple, mm-hmm. and that our body is a temple. And that's kind of where I think we ought to focus today and talk a little bit about during Lent and the experience of our body as a temple. And essentially, if Jesus is cleansing the temple, right, He also wants us to have our temple our body, his his temple and our, of our bodies, cleansed. cleansed, right? And so that's a way in which I think that uh, our Lenten experience can be better. It's one of the reasons why pretty much at um, every parish during uh, the times of Lent in preparation for Easter, they're going to have extra confession times, right? This, this assists us in the cleansing uh, of our bodies. And that's... Right. We want to cleanse the temple before uh, we, we receive Jesus at, at, in the Easter mysteries.
0: And I think it's important for us to include our, our hearts within this as well. And so far as, you know, if we're going to extend the metaphor, we could say perhaps the, the holiest of holies of the temple uh, of, of us and our being is that place where God has uh, deigned to have the, the divine indwelling of the most holy trinity being present. Um, and that happens at baptism, right? And it and it uh, it's the question is: Are we going to nurture that divine indwelling, or are we gonna are we gonna be chasing or him out, or crowding him out through our own attachments and our own sins? Are we gonna really uh, uh, worship him and give him the due worship that uh, in within the context of our own hearts? And a
1: temple is for worship. Yes, right. A temple is for worship, and so and if our if our bodies were purchased uh, for a price. Right, it, it, and so they are our bodies, but it's his temple. Yeah. Uh, and and what we do with this temple, um, we're given um, control over it. I guess we have uh, we can affect it. We can do things that are good and that are bad that are going to provide for more worship or, on the other side, for less worship.
0: And there's stewardship obligations attached to what's been entrusted to us. So, like, our body, the health of our body, what's been entrusted to us. Um, you know, we're supposed to take care of it in, in terms of its physical health, but everything that's been entrusted to us, there's a duty that's of care that's attached to it. But there's also, I think, something that we should highlight, which is when he entrusts it to us, like, yes, the highest way for us to exercise that stewardship is to receive it and give it back and say, This is for you, I don't claim ownership of me, I've been ransomed at a price. I give it to you. But here's the thing. God's going to wait for us to take that step. So if he gives us things, he's going to wait for us to make that free choice to give it back. right? And so there could be something in our life. Let's say that a person's a gambling addict or something like that. yeah. And let's say that they have a pretty good job or they have a stream of income. And they keep taking that money. And they keep taking it to the casinos. And they keep spending it. And they keep spending it god's not going to just like grab that person by the you know and and just say I- i'm stopping you from going to the casino he's he, we're experiential learners he's going to let us learn uh through our errors right and also sometimes through our successes but a lot of times through our errors <laughs> right mm-hmm.
1: and and when's the last time you were at the crap stable sam <laughs>
0: <laughs> but he's going but at the end of the day what i'm saying is is A lot of times he's going to wait to let us learn the error of the ways and to say, okay, this is not how I should be, like in that case, that's not how I should be using my money. It was entrusted to me. Okay, God, I'm at rock bottom, let's say. I need help. I'm giving this all to you, and I'm giving you control. So we have to actually give God permission to exercise that dominion because he, in entrusting these things to us, He has given us sort of the dignity of dominion over the things that he's entrusted to our care. But we have to recognize that we're not going to do a good job on our own, right? Like we have to give that dominion right back to him who is king of the universe and say, Lord, I want you to be lord and king over me and all that you've entrusted to me in every aspect of my life. I want it to be a fruit of your lordship and your kingship
1: yeah and and it's a good point you have that that we can easily be distracted from worship with our bodies uh we can easily be distracted by uh the the bad things that we do like the things that we fall into whether it's the addictions or uh just the everyday sins that 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 we encounter we can also be distracted you know by i don't say the good things but but by things that we don't think are are problematic uh and and the The way I would describe this and the way I would say it, um, I I was given a presentation to a bunch of school kids one time, and it was right at this time, and we were talking about this particular reading. They wanted a reflection on the cleansing of the temple. And so as we we were talking, what I did was I said, uh, I said, y'all, name me some Catholic things. That we use in worship. What are some Catholic things that we use? So I, you know, that one kid like raised his hand, you know, over here and he talked about we had rosaries. Uh, Yes. And another kid, I said, look around the church and look and and help me understand. And then another one looked at, uh, it said, uh, it was statues. Another one said candles. Uh, and another one said incense. Yeah, I guess he wanted to be kind of cool or whatever. So we, we had all these things and said, yes, exactly. Okay, so now imagine this. Imagine that you came into the church to pray. like As you like bowed your head and you were, you were getting ready to give yourself over to God in a spiritual, beautiful moment of worship. Then all of a sudden, this guy yells, and I told this kid, "I say, candles, get your candles here. I right. want, I want you to yell that, <laughs> yell that now." And then, and then have the other kid go, "Rosaries, got the best rosaries. Get your rosaries here." Yeah. You know. And so, as you're sitting there praying, all of a sudden, these these things that they're selling right in the church, that's not good, right? right. Those become distractions, but they're good things. Right. Like, things that can be used for good. And so, a lot of times, it's not specifically just evil. It's not the devil that's uh, doing these things, but the devil works in very, very uh, mischievous, manipulative ways and can even manipulate us um, through the things that we would think would be beautiful.
0: You know, and I can give actually an example of that as well. Like, uh, you know, I've had experiences, like I'm a a single guy, and, you know, I've discerned a call to marriage, and, you know, you you ask a girl on a date, and you're thinking about asking a girl out on a date, and you know, when you're on that, on that journey into that moment, you know, a lot of times you're apt to think, "Huh, oh, it'd be really nice to, to take Sally or whatever, you know, this person's name is out on a date and to um, give your imagination over to start thinking, "Ah, oh, wouldn't that be nice to just imagine? I, she has smiled at me before. Now I'm imagining her smiling at me on that date. You know what I mean? And these are very innocent, pure things on one hand. On the other hand, if you really indulge that, and you really let your imagination get, a, get, a, get a, uh, a hold of you. I have come to learn that the enemy can even work in, 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 in thoughts like that that are very pure and very innocent. Because at the end of the day, you can, if you're indulging in it, and you're just sort of like sitting in the pleasure of this thought that you haven't had yet, it's a, it's, you haven't been on that date. It's not true. Right, it's a fantasy. She hadn't even said yes, maybe. You know what I mean? And so and she's
1: probably not. Good. Let's be honest, Sam. she's probably <laughs> right, exactly. Sally, Sally's got really high level of taste. I'm no, just going to say it. <laughs> but
0: here's the thing, though. He's
1: not your wingman,
0: right? I know. You need thank to know you. that. No, but the, well, to an extent, I mean, there's 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 a reason that it's also unhealthy. to an extent, it's. it's we're going to exercise control over that person. We're going to turn them into whatever we're going to imagine them to be. And it doesn't matter that it's, it's not stuff that's explicitly sinful or, or wrong. The end of the day is the way in which our imaginations will sometimes get away with it. The devil can use our imaginations in all kinds of ways to distract us. Now, God can also use our imaginations well. And so this is a reason why it's good to have a spiritual director. But I think it's important for us to kind of remember to be grounded in the fact – because, I, and I'll give you – just being with vulnerability, there was a time in which I was giving my – I was excited about asking this one particular girl out on a date, and I noticed I just kept having thoughts like that of just kind of imagining what we're on a date, and I would like to sit with that, and there was sort of a pleasure attached to that, and I and I felt – God lead me to offer a binding prayer and be like, Lord, I'm doing. I'm thinking about this girl a lot, and I'm going to ask yeah. to bind that. No. And, and it, it 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 left me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like you that's know what good. I mean.
0: And I was like, whoa. So that's what told me that the enemy was actually using it to distract me. You know what I mean, and, and to take me out of the place where I needed to be, where in a place of receiving as opposed to taking.
1: Yeah, and and again, we're we're like, what is keeping you from? Worship, right? Yes. What is keeping you from being focused on God? And I, and, and I think that uh, we all fall into that trap. I mean, you might be thinking about Sally and your date. Uh, <laughs> that probably won't happen. With Sally, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's valid. Uh, but w- when I'm at Mass, I mean, what are the things that I struggle with if I'm not paying attention? If mm. I'm not really digging Father's homily and I, I don't even realize it. I don't hate the homily. I just suddenly just kind of drift off and all of a sudden I'm thinking like, I'm thinking about breakfast or lunch, and I'm thinking oh, yeah. about the the meal, and I'm thinking about the things that we're going to do, and we're planning to go to, uh, we uh, you know what's going on on Monday. I've got some big thing at work, and and it's really easy to kind of like leave the temple of worship and go to um, you know worship at the altar of the earth, you know of of your day to day chores, and and that's the thing that that can um, that that can lead us astray and. I know Tom. Every time that we do uh, like one of our top ten shows, what is what is the one thing that's always on our top ten? Confession. Confession, baby. right? And and I just I think that we we allow. Or I just emptied my mini storage yesterday, so for the first time in several years. So uh, that kudos for that, right? Yeah, you know, I got rid of the clutter in the mini storage and just emptied it out and brought it all and put it away and did the things where it needs to be at home. Uh, and not all of it, but most of it. <laughs> but but the thing is, at the end of the day, that clutter was like a burden to me. That the mm-hmm. stuff was a was a burden, uh, you know, in terms of living my life. And so those are the kind of burdens. If if we have the burdens of the the sins, even the small little peccadillos, the little small sins, all that stuff in our life just adds up and builds up. And every sin. Does not separate us from God, but it, but it's, but the small ones like turn us away from God. They, they turn us towards these small things, and uh, you know the devil is in the details. We've heard that about business contracts, right? Well, the devil is in the details of our lives as well when we don't pay attention to the to the small sins. And so, I guess my point is, this is an opportunity. Going to confession is an opportunity to cleanse the, te- the temple, uh, and and also living. In a way that is holy is also a thing. I, you know, St. Paul um, also in, in uh, his letter to the Romans in the 12th chapter it says something that's really powerful that, again, talks about our bodies and worship. And he says, I urge you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. Do not conform yourself to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, and it's like that, that's, that's like a little uh, help to like how to live life in a way, because uh, we're going through life, we're doing the things that we're doing, and we're trying to discern the will of God for our lives. That's what we should be doing. And the only way to do that is if that we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, as a spiritual worship. So how what we're doing with our bodies matters. And I'm not just talking about the evil, sinful things, I'm talking about all the stuff that leads us away from God, all the stuff that distracts us, all the, the candles and the statues and the, <laughs> the things that we're being sold. And again, I love candles, I love statues, I love rosaries, I love all these, I love incense, I love all these things that we use, but all that should lead us closer to God and not away. And in the same way, All the little sins that lead to the bigger sins, those have to be avoided. And this is why the Lenten experience and going to confession is a way to clean house.
0: Well, and it can also be, in addition to sins, our fears and our attachments as well. Yeah. Right? You know, like if we find ourselves, and it tells us a lot about us when we're, if we can look back on our prayer time, like let's say you've been setting aside you know 15 minutes of 30 minutes of silent prayer you know um, each day generally and you and if you look back on that time if you're always praying about your job if it's always on that now there could be good reasons for it and this is i want to take a moment to say get a spiritual director because it's important to navigate these things. But it's also important to ask ourselves, be like, is it possible that I have some attachments or have may maybe even made an idol of yeah. my job or an idol out of fears related to my job that causes me to be stuck on that? And is there maybe things that God wants to talk to me about that are bigger than my job. But I am so focused on that that I am not able to receive the fullness of the gift of, of, of sitting with the Lord in prayer.
1: Yeah, Amen, and that's that's those are all things. So there's a balance here, right? We're not talking yeah. about any one thing, but I'll just say that anything that leads us away from God in a relationship with His Son Jesus through the gift of the Spirit, anything that pulls us away from the Trinity is is gonna c- can be bad, right? Oh yeah, and For- that's what we need to we need to clean ourselves out, clear ourselves out, and allow that uh, allow God to be the number one priority in everything that we do. Well, there's a relationship traditionally within the church between how far, how deeply
0: you've gone in your prayer life, and how close you are to heaven, right? So, like we we, we know the saints, we hear them, um, you know, having these raptures and all of that, and th- 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 and we might, whereas we might say, man, it's really hard for me to pray when I try to pray, I really can't focus, and I'm thinking about this. And yeah, just sit about in that.
1: adoration on a busy day, yeah, and and you realize how hard it is, yeah. to focus on the The living presence, Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, right in front of you, right, and you get easily distracted, and because and with even, that,
0: to, even if it's not a busy day, yeah, even just if just your not a brain, busy day. Yeah. takes you to places you don't even know you're going there, and, yeah, and, and it's and, and that these are things that really need to be sort of purged from us so that we can really let go of those things, even if they're not bad things, and even if they're valid concerns. I heard uh, uh, Father Malachi did a recent uh, interview on with. Uh, Matt Frad and he said that when you enter into silence, I'm gonna. He said you you are kneeling, you're kneeling at the core of your being in the presence of the Lord. And I thought, wow, well that I don't know if many people have had that experience. That's a yeah. beautiful thing. But I want to do that. And, yeah, I want to <laughs> do that. Right, right. But it's it's. I think a lot of people when they when they really sit in the silence, even when they really say that they found God in the silence. Uh, a lot of times I've had this experience. You're sitting there and you know that God's there and yeah, it's silent. And you want to fill the silence, like you want to talk. You don't. You don't know I need mean? or You want him to talk. You were. It's an uncomfortable Lord, it silence. Good, it is good
1: that we are here. Yeah. Let me build three tents. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, <laughs> we don't know what to do. But what in do? That silence. That's the word, though. Do because we. I've heard a, a speaker once say that we have forgotten that we're human beings. We mistake ourselves for human doings. It's always about do this and do that. But God wants to engage us in the at the being level. You know, yeah. our doings are supposed to be a fruit of a of a being made alive by God, but that can't happen if we don't first just welcome him into that that space of being but we're uncomfortable with that mm-hmm. you know and a lot of times we're uncomfortable at that being level with ourselves and presenting to our, ourselves to the lord at that level but that's where he wants to meet and us that's
1: that's yeah. how we're gonna have that uh, heaven on earth experience yes right on earth before yes. we die that's how some of those saints are able to do that and to be able to transcend uh, you know, the the day-to-day and and experience God in a profound way that I think all of us would love doing that. We've all had these great spiritual insights at, our time in our, at certain times in our lives where we look back and go like, I think God was really present there. I'm going to just go ahead and tell you, God's present everywhere and mm-hmm. at every time in your life. It's just that when we're tuned into him, like when we're not distracted, is when we really start to fully grasp just how much God loves us and cares about us. And and I, I just want to take I want to kind of close on this last thing that if if, if it's just if it's confession and that, that's a good start start there start there as as a Lenten confession because here's the deal Jesus cleansed the temple right he made a whip out of cords. Like it or not, he made a whip out of cords and drove out all the animals and all the money changers and spilled their coins they had neatly stacked into nice little stacks. He knocked them all over and uprooted everybody and everything in that temple to get it back to what it was supposed to be. That same zeal can be, he is going to use that to cleanse your temple. Right, you're not cleansing your own temple by going to confession. Jesus is with zeal, the zeal of a zealot.
0: But you have to invite him. You have to invite him to do that. Yes,
1: yes, he's not yeah, exactly right. He has to be welcomed into your temple. Right, you do have stewardship over that temple. You got the you got the 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 key to the door, the lock on your yeah. You know, and even though Jesus can break and enter, he can yeah. He's not going to right right. There, you have an autonomy, a, a sense of of self. Uh, um, control that He's given you a human will that He wants conformed to His. Now, when we conform our will to the divine will, as close as we can get, that's when we gladly open the doors and welcome Jesus in to have that 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 uh, zealous of uh, that zealot of life right there in our uh, in our midst, cleansing our temple and allowing our temple to be this place of spiritual worship. Uh, that maybe we've read about, that we've heard that saints can do, or that anybody else can do, or that good person there, or that good person there. You are that person. Every saint like, is and was like you uh, at some point in their life, and the point is we all that way, and all of us. God loves each and every one of us, and he wants so much that we would be able to uh, welcome him into the temple of our lives, Uh, to to his, that his spirit would be present in us, uh, and that we would worship in the way that we're called to worship and not be distracted. So if you're in that middle part of Lent, if you're like, like, well, it's kind of humdrum so far, then now is the time uh, to to search out um, that opportunity for worship to search out that opportunity for confession, search out that opportunity to grow closer to Jesus in this spiritual season so that we can welcome him with great fervor and joy at Easter time. Let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us on this journey. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, pray pray for us sinners, sinners, now now and at the hour hour of our death. death. Amen.